live from the historic River Market District in downtown Kansas City, Missouri. From the banks of the beautiful crystal blue waters of the Missouri River, it is Two Douchebags and Microphone Podcast. Invisible ass paddlings, new douche flavors, and horrible pranks? What the fuck is wrong with these guys? This is the voice guy from your favorite podcast, Two Douchebags and a Microphone. People often ask us how they can find us when doing a remote broadcast. One, smell. Go to the city market and start sniffing. Our aroma's been described as a mixture of flea powder for goats, Tabasco sauce, and old sock with dark fuzzy urine. Two, look for the spot absent of patrons. Three, the most telling sign is a crowd of patrons vomiting uncontrollably. Four, just call us at 816-512-7717. Two douchebags and a microphone, pasteurized for your protection. All right, two douchebags and a microphone, I'm Mark. And I'm Rob. All righty, well, you know, um, I've got a new candidate for not only the Ass Paddling Hall of Fame, but also an Ass Paddling. You want to know who it is? Tyreek Hill. Oh, really? Yeah, you heard about his latest uh, fiasco? No, I haven't. No. Okay. All right, well, um, evidently uh, Tyreek Hill has been charged with assault down in Miami and battery. There are at least two There are at least two versions of uh, what transpired on Sunday at uh, Hellover Park Marina Dock in Miami between Dolphins receiver Tyreek Hill and a man who is allegedly hit in the head by Hill. One appears in the police report. Another appears in a new item on Charles Rabin of the Miami Herald. The latter is slightly more interesting. Per Rabin. And this is the guy from the Miami Herald. The incident happened after Hill wanted to fish for tarpon on the dock. They're prevalent in shallow waters. Due to scraps thrown overboard by the boats, Hill was told to stop fishing from the dock. Words were exchanged, and then Hill allegedly struck one of the men, telling him to stop fishing. The the repeat um, the police report, as noted by Rab, Rabin, doesn't mention tarpon fishing. The, the police report suggests the argument began when the two women were on a boat at the marina without permission. According to Rabin's report, police were not called to the dock at that time. The alleged victim reported the incident on Monday. Whatever happened, the issue definitely is not over from the perspective of law enforcement. The Miami-Dade police indicated that the state attorney's office that they will be forwarding the information to our office for further, for further review, state attorney spokes at Griffin told Rabin. The NFL has not issued a comment on the matter. Under the terms of the personal conduct policy, the league should be investigating. If the alleged victim wishes to press charges, he presumably would be willing to cooperate with NFL's review of the situation. And if surveillance footage exists, the police report says it does, NFL would be wise to track it down because NFL doesn't, TMZ will. And that's the truth. TMZ will find it down because they are on it like stink on shit, as we know. Um, per his last incident, and uh, and also uh, what was our running back Kareem Hunt? Other ones that broke yeah. the Kareem Hunt story and got him thrown off the team. So 
The NFL has not issued a comment on the matter. Under the terms of the personal conduct policy, the league should be investigating. If the alleged victim wishes to press charges, he presumably would be willing to cooperate with NFL review of the situation. And remember this, Hill's history could be used to enhance any penalties applicable to the latest incident. In 2015, he pleaded guilty to charges arising from the choking and punches of his then-pregnant girlfriend. So that could be used against him on this whole matter, too. So, you wonder how come the Chiefs didn't break the bank? I mean, they, they offered him a lot of money, don't get me wrong, and it was very fair. But you know, want to know why they didn't go all out to try to sign the guy? This is one of the reasons, right here. His history. His past history would indicate, like even though he got out of a lot of the stuff that he was charged with here in Kansas City, his past would indicate that he at least has incidents. He has maybe lacks of ju- lack of judgment dealing with people or associating or have some sort of relationship with people that would um, maybe lead to bad things. So uh, you can't invest that much money in a guy that, and not only that, but his age, his height, everything combined is why the Chiefs win Super Bowls and the Miami Dolphins are still wanting to win a Super Bowl. I mean, in in the near future. I mean, I'm not talking about way back when with the the undefeated team and all that. Although Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. But anyhow, um, they have won a Super Bowl before and they have had great teams. So I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is this team with these people haven't even sniffed a Super Bowl and this is probably why they may not, and this is probably why the Chiefs are always in the running, is because they make smarter decisions, and I think this one about Hill may have been a really intelligent one, although at the time they could not, I, they could not have gotten motherfucked more. In the media, people talking, people here in Kansas City, everybody was like, oh my God, the Chiefs' reign is over. You don't lose a talent like Tyreek Hill and, and stay as good. You're gonna, their offense going to drop to number 10, if not lower. Yep, guess what? None of that happened. They, oh. uh, they were a solid number one with a bullet. They were a solid number one with everything. Mahomes got another MVP trophy, got another Super Bowl ring, and Tyreek Hill is over there striking people in the back of the head at marinas. So, there you go. That is why the people down there at One Arrowhead Drive opted not to chase him and try to sign him and opted to go ahead and let someone else sign him and get five draft picks, which led to our Super Bowl. So, yeah. ding, 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 I got a winner. And it's yeah. not and it's not the Dolphins, and it's not Tyreek Hill. So, anyhow, anyhow, people keep blathering away, man. They hear you. They hear you. You know what they do when they hear you? They keep winning. So, yeah. anyhow. Um, while we're on sports themes, you would... Do you remember anything about the 1997 finals with the Bulls? Michael Jordan's famous, uh, a little bit. His a little famous bit. flu game. He had the flu. He was sicker than a fucking dog. The value of the yeah. of his sneakers um, over the course of a decade is, uh, has went up astronomically. Um, 
Anyhow, the sneakers worn by Michael Jordan during his flu game in parentheses in the 1997 NBA Finals sold for $1.38 million, including buyer's premium, at an auction on Wednesday, according to a report by ESPN. The sneakers worn during Game 5 of the Finals were sold by Collectibles Marketplace Golden. After putting up 38.7 rebounds and 5 assists, I remember this game well. Because yeah. I was already a Jordan fan and I already, already liked the Bulls because they were regional. You know, we we lost our basketball team years ago in the late 70s. Yeah. It could have been the early 80s, the Kings. But anyhow, and so I had to find another team. So this was Michael Jordan and uh, the All-American kid pretty much at the time. And watching that guy take over a game was just something uh, something amazing. Uh, so anyhow, like I said, after 38 points, 7 rebounds, and 5 assists for the Bulls, while allegedly suffering from food poisoning, it, yeah, it, it, was, it was argued, some people said he was, he was hungover, I, who knows. But yeah, now, Jordan had given his signed sneakers to uh, Preston Truman, a ball boy for the Utah Jazz, who had earned Jordan's favor by bringing him applesauce before games. Which I remember reading that story, and I thought that was so cool. You know, Jordan was so neat. It's like, you bring me applesauce, and hey, man, here's my sneakers. <laughs> yeah. So, the sneakers remained in Truman's possession for 15 years until 2013, when he co-signed them to be sold by Gray Flannel Auctions. The sneakers proceeded to sell for $104,765, then a record uh, for game-worn shoes before appreciating in value by over 1,200% over the next decade. I don't know what happened that would make them appreciate so much, but who knows? Maybe it'll go on in this article. We'll see. While the sale of Jordan's flu game sneakers broke the million-dollar threshold, the sale price fell short of the all-time record for a game-worn pair of sneakers. I didn't know that. The distinction belongs to the Air Jordan 8 uh, breads that Jordan wore in the second half of Game Two of the 1998 NBA Finals, which sold for 2.238 million in April. Okay, is another Jordan Michael Jordan shoes. Wow. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Um. Now I've always been a huge Jordan fan. Um. I gotta admit. I mean, if I had the money, I would. I admittedly would think about buying them up just to have them but I would have to have a sickening amount of money and this is right. after and this is after I help a lot of animals and stuff like that you know right so anyhow after I wipe my ass with millions and then like make people clean them off and use them wouldn't you do that oh yeah yeah wouldn't yeah, you take like ten thousand dollar bills if they have them and like wipe your ass with them and then give them to people and go you can use them if you can clean them yeah yeah hell yeah Longer than money. Longer than Yeah, I would have like a midget nut scratcher. Oh, can we? We can't say midgets anymore, can we? No, I don't think well, so. Oh, okay. It's little people, right? Yeah, little people. I would have little people nut scratchers. Like, you know, it's like if my nuts start itching, I would like have a little person on the left and on the right of me. And I would go, um, righty, get to scratching. <laughs> Lefty, get to scratching. And they would be dressed up. What would I dress them up in? Um, let's see. How about like little warlock outfits? There you go. All right. Okay. Yeah. Or gnomes. 
or gnomes? Oh, gnomes, gnomes. The, yeah, they'll look like the they'll look like the traveling gnome. That's it. Yeah, and and one will be called lefty and one will be called righty. Okay, and then I kind of snap my fingers. I go righty, and then he knows to scratch my right nut. I snap my fingers and go lefty. Then he knows to scratch my left nut. And if I snap both fingers on each hand, um, and I go both and nod my head, then that both little peoples have to scratch each nut, each nut that's allotted to them. Sound good? Yeah. Uh, Sounds good. You got to have a plan in life, right? Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah, that sounds solid as anything, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who could argue with that? Great plan all the way through. <coughs> Did you know that New York City has a horrible rat problem? I've heard that. Yeah. Did you know that they decided to hire their first rat czar? No. They did. I thought it was silly enough when our uh, lovable Quentin Lucas mayor here in Kansas City hired a pothole czar. Which um, I very kiddingly sent in a couple of messages about I wanted to wear a superhero's tights suit. And I wanted to go around with a bottle of spray paint. And I was going to go around, I was going to mark all these potholes with a big fluorescent orange X. And I wanted to be the pothole czar. I never got a reply. Nothing. And that hurt my feelings. Wouldn't that be fantastic to be a pothole czar? Yeah. You go around and go, da-da! And you... My job is done. Now they know. This is a pothole. Now they know to fill it. So therefore, I must go on. I must go on and find more potholes to spray. But no, not one answer. Nothing. Just, nope, nope, just dust. Just tumbleweeds. Well, I'm hurt, Lucas. I'm hurt. So anyhow, so this uh, rat czar, New York City Mayor Eric Adams today appointed Kathleen Karate as the city's first ever, ever citywide director of rodent mitigation, also known as the Razzar. <laughs> director of rodent mitigation. What fucks? What the? F- <laughs> okay. In this newly created role, Karate will coordinate across the city government agencies, community organizations, and the private sector to reduce the rat population in New York City, building a cleaner, more welcoming city, and tackling a major quality of life and health issue. Mayor Adams also announced that the new Harlem Rat Mitigation Zone and a $3.5 million investment starting in fiscal year 2023 to expand and accelerate rat reduction work asks access Harlem. <laughs> New York City has done a lot recently when it comes to fighting public enemy number one, rats. But it was clear we needed someone solely focused on leading our rat reduction efforts across all five boroughs. Well you could start. I think I think our number one problem is is they call their um, they call their districts boroughs. Yeah. I think rats here burrows are like, oh, that's great. That's where I want to live, right? Yeah. If you're a rat, you wouldn't want to live in a district, right? I mean, that sounds yeah. like human stuff. Like a district? No, oh, fuck no, man. They'll try to 
give me with those fucking homeowner association fees and all that. I want to live in a borough. So they have five boroughs, so all the rats go there. They're like, man, I want to live in a borough. That's where rats live. They don't live in districts. They don't live in uh, townships. They want to live in boroughs. So right there, Mayor Adams, I have your answer. Stop calling them boroughs. Kathy has, Mayor Adams said, Kathy has the knowledge, drive, experience, and energy to send rats packing and create a cleaner, more welcoming city for all New Yorkers. Beginning with a $3.5 million investment towards rodent mitigation in Harlem, Kathy will take the lead in our multi-agency effort to test new mitigation techniques, expand outreach and education efforts, and increase maintenance and remedication work. The rats are going to hate Kathy, but we're excited to have her leading this important effort. What a couple of fucks. <laughs> What a couple of fucks. Eric Adams. Yeah. I want I, I want to see this stupid looking Kathleen Karate. You ought to see this picture of her. She looks like Myth- uh, Melissa McCarthy on uh McCar is it McCarthy? Yeah. Melissa McCarthy yeah. on heroin. Ugh. I wanna see her in a rat czar. I wanna see her in a rat czar tights. Like walking around. No more rats. We shall kill rats. We destroy rats. Rats do not get near New York City anymore. Ugh. Okay. Anyhow. Um, good luck there. Good luck there, Eric Adams. Good luck there, uh, um, uh, Karate. Kathleen Karate. You have your uh, work put out for you there, but if I was her, I would just walk around these rat areas and the rats will run in fright when they see her. So... There you go, people. That's why New York City is a stupid place. So, anyhow. Never been there. Oh, I have. I have. I've been there on numerous jobs. And uh, it's not a lot of fun. I, you know, without going into it, there was all these stupid fucking rules at these job sites. All this stuff that you had to hoops and stuff they had to jump through. A guy, uh, you, they just would not get off your, get off your fucking ass so you get a job done. Right. Constant this and that and the other. I found it to be a very uh, unproductive place. Two douchebags and a microphone says, You ever dream about eating chocolate pudding and wake up with a spoon in your ass? Just asking. Continuing our quest here at Two Douchebags and a Microphone to be constantly funny, once again we offer you strange insults from an alien. Two douchebags and a microphone. More fun than a taser to the juggler bag. I had a request yeah. from uh, my friend Lona that listens to this podcast and will probably listen to this. But uh, anyhow, some of the some she's going way back with this uh, elaborate prank, and I'd forgotten all about it actually. And mm. there's like there's more on this level specifically that I can tell you about. But this is in general this elaborate prank, and anyhow, it's a really, really good vicious line of events. Uh, 
uh, anyhow, kind of going to go into some humor now. We, uh, we've done some uh, serious stuff, but anyhow, my great buddy Davey, I think a lot of people know him. And, I know Davey. Oh, yeah. See? So, there we go. <laughs> Jesse two knows out Davey. Of two, a three out of three. Yeah. Cindy knows Davey. Oh, four out of four. Val knows Davey. Five mm-hmm. out of five. Okay. Well, everybody in the whole world knows him, evidently, so... Yeah. Well, you know, when we were, when we were teenagers, um, every summer his parents would go to uh, Truman Lake and they'd take their camper there and they'd be gone for pretty much from uh, Memorial Weekend to Labor Day Weekend. So, oh, you know, wow. a good yeah. two and a half month stretch, something like that. Yeah. You know? But sometimes it would stretch into three, depending on how they felt, you know. And, uh, and so, anyhow, this meant one thing party house. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> So yeah, you know, uh, uh, you know, Davey and I had some evil tricks that we like to play on the people. You know, uh, the people that all partied at the house for a while, they were all in on the gag because they probably had it happen to them before. Yeah. So you know, so uh, anyhow, you know, they they were a victim at one point, and then after they got through with the uh, the hurt and the embarrassment and the bruises. They're like, okay, all right, well, it's time for someone else. So, you know, new guys that would come to the house didn't know about this, but the people (laughs) that were there for a while, they knew. They knew they were safe. So, uh, anyhow, one of the things that we would do is, you know, we'd all be getting trashed. But anyone that wasn't at Davey's house before would not know this. There was a, a refrigerator in the back room that contained all the sodas, mm-hmm. all the Dr. Peppers, all the Cokes, all that, you know, the Sprites, what have you, Mountain Dews, Dr. Peppers were all in the back fridge. Yeah. And the front fridge was full of useful stuff like food and stuff like that, okay? <laughs> so uh, anyhow, you know, we'd all be getting smashed and uh, anyhow, uh, you know, someone would wake up and they'd be parched. So they would look for something that they could drink and also have caffeine. We didn't believe in coffee back then. We were teenagers. Coffee didn't exist. It was all soda pop. Yep. So what we would do is we would take a can of soda and uh, we would, you know, open it up and drink it or, you know, throw it out or whatever. Probably drink it most likely. We weren't that stupid. And we would piss it. Oh. So when we take this can of uh, open Dr. Pepper, let's say, <laughs> and with all the content gone, we would piss in it, and then we'd stick it back in the fridge. Ouch. Well, like I said, the people had been there for a while, they knew about it. Yeah. The new people did not. Don't drink from the front fridge, drink from the back fridge. Well, the people who've been there for a while will be like, uh-uh-uh, I ain't getting this one right here. Uh-uh-uh. Oh, my I'm, God. Uh, I'm going to go get this one uh, in the back room. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, anyhow, you know, uh, it would usually end up like this. You, We'd hear a scream and some cussing and, and some threats and stuff like that. And then we'd come down there and everyone would, like, no one would know who did it. We're like, what? Are you fucking joking me? And then, uh, you know, go over there. If they didn't, like, throw it against the wall or something, smell and go, oh, my God, it is piss. <laughs> Hey, man, we're gonna find out who did this, man. I'm sorry. So you know, and then you have a ready-made excuse like, "Well, old man, I was collecting this urine sample for my dog. I gotta take him to the vet later. So sorry, I should have marked." The it. only thing I had was a Dr. Pepper can, and you happen to be the purse sucker that wasn't in on the conversation. You know how tough it was to get that dog to pee into that Dr. Pepper now can. Now it's ruined. 
and it, and it had to be a day old. My dog's gonna die because you drank his piss. So anyhow, so you drink the dog's piss and the dog dies. Yeah. that's pretty bad. Yeah, I can't get the sample to the vet in time, and he's deathly ill. Thanks a lot, fuckface. Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. Remember to send all male body part photos to Rob Rad's inbox. Yeah, that's, here's something that was uh, caught my attention the other day. Two douchebags, one microphone. I'm Mark. I'm Christopher. Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever the hell it is. It, <laughs> when you're listening to us. It's two in the morning somewhere. Yeah, and you're stoned off your ass. You're questioning life. We got answers, but they're not the right ones. No, no. <laughs> Matter of fact, whatever we say, do the opposite. That sounds like a good plan. The polar opposite. I mean, mm. not just kind of opposite, the exact opposite of what we say do. Yes. And you'll be fine. We say jump off the cliff, then you better go climb the mountain. That's right. <laughs> so, all right, Christopher, you have some stuff that, uh, that you'd like to uh, start talking about. So. Sure, yeah. Um... I have this really bad habit of watching commercials. I mean, I, I hate commercials. I turn the sound down, but they grab my attention sometimes anyway. <laughs> but this one was interesting. It was... That means they're good commercials. You yeah, realize that. That's true. Yeah. Men, men pay attention to commercials. Women do not. My wife always tells me, why don't you just ignore him? Uh. No, that's what Val does all the time. It's like, yeah. turn it. I'm like, no, no, no. I like this commercial. <laughs> oh. You know, it's like I have this theory. Yeah. Jamie, uh, the progressive, is much better than Flo. Jamie yeah. should be the star. But now they have a merging chick that talks everybody into everything by talking them out of it. Yeah. And she should be the new star. Yeah. Yeah. But they always put Flo in there. It's like, no, she's old high. Get her the fuck out of there. Yeah. 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 We've seen a lot of Flo. Yeah, we have. Flo can get the fuck out. And Jamie could, like, you know... Um, it, it was a great character that they developed after Flow, yeah. and then now they have this new one, and uh, and, and then um, I don't know if the black guy's ever going to do anything there, or just kind of be the ancillary guy that likes to fish, and yeah. uh, just kind of like uh, makes a little quip here and there. And yeah, there's only been one commercial that kind of featured him where he was daydreaming during a lecture by Flo, and everyone yeah. wound up in his happy place. Yeah, and he's like, what the hell are you guys doing here? Yeah. <laughs> So anyhow, I'm sorry, back to your commercial. Okay, um, well, the, the premise of the commercial was they were showing this, uh, oh, I would say 12-year-old girl who was in a public school. Yes. And everything that could possibly go wrong in your public school was going wrong, uh, with the exception of a school shooter. Um, so there was a kid kicking... <laughs> Give it time. Yes. There was a kid kicking your desk, you had a teacher that was flipping out, and you had, let's see... Bullies in the hallways, uh, lockers that were stuck, just, you know, all the bad things about public school. And uh, then the girl decided she'd had enough, walked out the front door, and then you realize, well, it's commercial for a uh, school-at-home-online service. And it takes you kindergarten through 12th grade, and it's all paid for. Um, it's, I think it's paid for just like public schools are paid for but it's an at-home alternative to sending your kid to what may be a pretty unsafe environment in a public school. So that got me thinking, 
has has the time for public schools passed? Is it time to dismantle the whole public school sending your kids to a giant building with a bunch of, a bunch of other kids? It just doesn't make sense anymore. I have been along this thought for a long time. Yeah. Now, like I've always said, I'm really down the middle. I lean right on some things, left on others. It depends on what it is. Yeah. One thing I lean right on is school choice. So if a school is failing, let it fail. Uh, yeah, I kind of think that too. Yeah, because they're not doing any good anyhow. Maybe we should make homeschooling the norm. Yeah. And if you want to send your kid to one of these public schools, well, I guess you can, but you know, maybe that should be looked on as odd and strange. My thought is this. You have to have a very elaborate, in-depth system of testing the kids. You can't just give them an online course and go, oh, they learned everything, it's good. Yeah. You have to have someone like go to the house and give them this test and to certify that they know everything that a high school graduate should know. Yep. And you don't need to have a building all year round to do those occasional tests. Yes. You can do that in a, a meeting room at a hotel. And that will get rid of another nuisance. Yeah. The teacher's union. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, everything associated with public education has been around long enough to be completely corrupt and yes. be full of people who are just milking the system. Just throw it all away. It's old and done with. We the Model T was a great idea, but we don't use it anymore. Coal-powered coal locomotives don't take our freight and passengers across the country on rails anymore. It's a we great didn't idea. owe them any kind of lifelong... Uh, existence. We like, dumped their asses as soon as we found a better system. Yep. I think I think public schools, it's time to dump their asses yeah. and have a better system. Because you put all these kids together and the idea is, well, they learn to, you know, share its diversity and, and they learn about other cultures. But no, they're not. They're just kind of trying to survive. Gangs form, um, groups that exclude form. Yeah. You can learn about other cultures and other diversity by just getting out of your house and going downtown. Agreed. Or going to any kind of public event. There are enough people different from whoever you, you want to point to. You know, just pick a random person in a crowd and then you can find 20 people within 10 miles who look different because we have diversity here. So you don't need to force it in a school. Just get out and experience life. Exactly. I mean, we look at where we're at right now at the beautiful historic river market district in Kansas City, Missouri. Close to the beautiful crystal clear, clear blue waters of the Missouri River. <laughs> That's right. And there's diversity everywhere. There and is. it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, everybody just kind of doing what they need to do to get along. People are mainly polite, mainly mm -hmm. nice, respectful of each other. And people generally will do this. Yeah. So um, it doesn't need to be forced on anybody, no. Um, this also, to me, goes back to the main, what should be the main focus, parenting. Yeah. Parenting. You don't have parenting in the classroom. Mm -hmm. You have parenting at home where it, ex it should exist, where it should be. Yeah. You instill into your children what you think is right and wrong. You know, there's these uh, free-range children everywhere, <laughs> yeah. and it's just insane. You can't tell who they belong to. Go into a Walmart one time and try to pick the parents out of the lineup. It's not easy. No, no, just like uh, 
saw a, a father the other day, his two boys. Oh, hey, look, there's a freezer room. Let's go run in it. Okay, just one time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a public place where people are, are yeah, shopping. Yeah, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> no, my dad would have said, no, 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 no. Next time you're not coming with me. And as a matter of fact, we're going to have a talk about this out in the car. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so these kids run in front of everybody, an old lady, all these other people, almost slip and fall, almost break all this stuff, all these eggs that are in there and stuff. And dad's like, he's <laughs> like, no, no, you, you are the problem. Not yeah. the children. The children don't know better. You should. Do you think it would be a good idea to call out someone like that? Like, would, would it do any good for someone to walk up to that guy at that moment and say, you're a bad parent? Would it do any good, you think? No, because they would be too busy defending themselves whether they were right or wrong. Yeah. I wonder if it would make any difference in the kids' lives to see someone telling their parent, you're bad at what you do. Uh, that's a good question. Yeah. I think it depends on the, the child. Yeah. Because some children, you look at them and they think entitlement all the way. You can mm -hmm. see them like, I can do this because I'm me. I've been put on a pedestal. I'm the only boy in the last three generations that I'm, I'm yeah. loved, I'm reverent. Or they've just been told all their lives that what you want to do is just as important as everybody else. That's the other thing. Which isn't true because if you want to go crash your airplane and everybody else wants to live, then no, what you want to do isn't as important. Exactly. It depends on what you want. It's You can't just blanket say everyone has you know, the exact same full right to have their opinion shouted from the rooftops. And another problem huh? with this is it's not just the Karens in quotations. Yeah. It's not just the... Snowflakes. Um, yeah, it's not just the snowflakes. It's every brand and creed of people mm -hmm. that do this. Yeah. They put their children on these pedestals, and they can't do any wrong. And if anyone ever tries to attempt to tell them they are doing wrong, they flip out and just like all of a sudden the sky is falling. How dare you say that to my child? How dare you say that to me? Yeah, their, their child is their whole identity. Yes. Which is, which is a horrible burden for your child and a sick way to live your life. Yes. And, and also, I see parents that are afraid of their children. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, no, if I try to discipline him, he's just going to be a dick the rest of the day. He's going to scream and kick animals. It's yeah. like, okay, then the day's over. Yeah. The day's over. He goes back in the car. He goes home. He gets in his room without any tablet or anything. Uh -huh. And he sits there and he thinks about life for a little while. But <laughs> people want to have children, but they don't want to raise them. No, they don't want the hard work part. No, they just want to have their 2.3 like uh, the guy down the road does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, know, I know some parents, and I've seen them go through the dilemma of the child's misbehaving. So you say, okay, uh, no video game time, no computer time, no cell phone time. You know, you're cut off from all your media for the rest of the day, which is a punishment for the kid. Mm -hmm. But then the kid makes the parent's life miserable. Well, I can't watch my, my show. I can't play with my phone. Then what am I going to do? I'm bored. Entertain me. Now, Logs to split. The, the parent would rather do anything rather than spend time with their kid. Bingo. And, or entertain their kid or come up with something constructive to do together. Best, that is one of the best uh, yeah. examples there right yeah. now. That 
ends most of it right there. The it parent is. wants to set the child in front of that electronic babysitter. Well, that's how come all these SUVs have these uh, DVD players. That's it. It's not because you care for your child. It's because you want your child to shut the fuck up when they're in the back seat. Exactly. That's why you buy those rear seat DVD screens. Not because you love your kid. No, but you can't stand to, to hear your up. kid's voice while you're driving. It's a protection tax. Yep. It's like, here you go. Watch this and you'll shut up and I won't have to deal with you. Yep. Yep. So homeschooling would, would pretty much force parents to deal with their own children and how they behave more. Yes. Which is, can only be a good thing. Oh, I think it would be, uh, parents would be more intertwined, more um, more emotionally connected. And form support groups. Yes. You know, mom over here talks with dad over there and says, how do you handle it when your eight-year-old refuses to whatever? And they say, well, here's what we tried. Here's the pictures of the bloody stub, right? Yeah. <laughs> So, but, yeah. But it, yeah, it, the more I think about it, the, the less sense it makes to keep pouring money and effort and, oh my God, just so much money into public schools and it's not going to fix it, not going to get better. You've got to learn when to stop beating that dead horse and start riding a camel instead. Oh, uh, another thing is, what about privatizing it? And here, I'll give you an example. I'm mixed about this because privatizing a lot of things aren't good. Like when they privatized some prisons, all of a sudden yeah. the prison rate went way up yeah. in that district because they needed people in there to make money. Yeah. So that's probably not a good idea. Yeah. Or, or, you know, or at least for corruption doesn't work. Yeah. So I don't know if this is a good idea because then they'll be trying to stick kids in there no matter what. Yeah. You know, the flunking out, we don't care, pass them anyhow. Because I had that growing up in my school district is, is let's say uh, the school district had 2,000 kids, but the, I think it's much less than that. They went to 1999, all of a sudden, Older just fell from the skies. Right? Yes, yeah. Oh, God, I think the world's over. There's five or six of them. Oh, shit. Well, one just missed us here. That's crazy. Um, if they went to 19999 or whatever, or something like that, 1999, all of a sudden they're in a different classification with much less tax money to work. Yeah. So they couldn't have that one person dropping out. Mm -hmm. So... They would do whatever they could to get that kid to come in. I watched it firsthand. They're just like, oh, just sit in the room. You'd have that same thing going on. Yeah. Only worse. Pretty much when you have money as the incentive, that works for the person giving the money and the individual person receiving the money. It doesn't work at all for anybody else. Yeah. Well, so I... if, you, if you privatize the school, then the government will get a break because they don't have to spend the money the private companies will set up a system which looks good on the surface and makes them the most money as quickly as possible. Yes. And that's all you're going to have. Schools really will become just a place to warehouse your kids that's and right. pay for the privilege. Yeah. I mean, if, if think about privatizing as would you want someone to privatize the fire department where you had to pay a monthly subscription 
and then you had to call and ask if they, you know, can I please make an appointment for you to come put my house fire out tomorrow or maybe the next week, you know? Because a private company, privatized, they don't have to obey the same rules as a public utility does. They make up their own rules what is proper. And then they get hamstrung by other rules also. Yeah. Governmental rules. It's like, look, we know this handicapped person can't, like, grab a guy and save him, mm -hmm. but he's got to be there because he's part of a quota. Yeah. So that would probably raise your rates in the first place. Yeah. Insurance would go up when you have uh, three or four people that couldn't do the job, but you had to have them there yeah. because of a quota. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I think really the best answer is homeschooling. Mm -hmm. And I think it should be tax credits to do it. That way you have an incentive. We don't, we don't send people to a big school to learn how to operate their cell phones or navigate the uh, computer screen. That's right. That's something you learn from other people, you pick up from your friends, your parents, and you become perfectly well-skilled at it. Mm -hmm. you know, you don't, we don't send people to big schools to learn how to drive a car. People just do. You know, they learn. They, you know, their parents teach them, other people teach them. We can do the same thing with pretty much the public school curriculum, and we also could have a more tailored curriculum. If your kid wants to study religion and you want he wants to study this religion but not that, then you don't have to take the whole classroom through it. That one student can study what they want. You can say, you know, your student needs, you know, to study a foreign language. Right now it's like French or Spanish. That's kind of it. But why not say, you know, any foreign language will do. You're studying on your own. If you want to learn Hindu, do it. Yeah, do it. And it'll be a part of your curriculum. Yeah. yeah. You get the same credit as somebody who learns Spanish or somebody who learns German or and somebody who learns Japanese. You can target your you can target your ethnicity too. You know, you can target where you know what you want. Let's say uh, that you have relatives. Like you know, I have relatives in Canada and Greece. Uh, the, the ones in Canada speak uh, English, of course, but the ones in Greece, a lot of them don't. But it'd be great to be able to speak to them and have that option in school to learn it. Yeah. So. No, I think we would get better educated kids, more involved parents, and probably better young adults as a result. But the sticking point is, can't you imagine a whole country full of parents saying, what, me give up free time to get involved in my kid's life? Hell no. That's the biggest issue to me. That is, I think is, that is the biggest issue. I think if there is enough of a groundswell, you could probably find a way to get it done. Mm -hmm. But I think that most people think about it and go, oh, wait a minute. Uh-uh. Yeah. Who's doing that? Me? No, uh -huh. no, 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 no. <laughs> I have to give up my social media time to yeah. run over spelling yeah. words. I can't go out of the out to the bar and drink because I we have to study for a book report. I have my podcast every Monday for God's <laughs> sakes. Yeah. How am I gonna get that done with a little fucking rugrat fucking poking at me? Yeah. And then think of the social pressure relieved when you're not trying to look the part. You go to school and you're trying to, you know, physically fit in the way you look, the way you act, the way you dress, the way you speak. None of that would matter 
if you're not going oh, to this yeah. giant public we school be where you can be judged on all we these things. We could be giving them the Indian sunburns and shit, calling them a nerd. Yeah, I mean, that's what big brothers are for, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ellen Urkel pants. I think oh, we should say Native American sunburns. Oh, I'm sorry, Native American yes. sunburns. And then have the wet towels and smack them on the ass with it until yes. it bleeds. Oh, good times, good times. Yeah, except when you're the littlest one. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Thank God I was never the littlest one. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So that, that was my thought on public schools. If someone intimidates you, just imagine them on a table being wiped like a baby. Open us for wet wipey. Invisible ass paddlings, new douche flavors, and horrible pranks? The fuck is wrong with these guys? Hi everybody, this is Mark, and I have another quick hits for you. This is uh, Bentonville, Arkansas's Testicle Festival. It's true. Look it up. August 24th and 25th, 26th and 27th, 2023 at the Benton County Fairgrounds, 7640 Southwest Regional Airport Boulevard, Bentonville, Arkansas. Yeah. So, um, this is pretty much what you think it is. It is a festival about testicles. And it says right here, we've made some exciting changes since last year. We're moving toward a BYOB model to avoid the governmental headaches we ran into with the ABC and bring you the best Tesco Festival possible. This August, you're invited back to an even bigger, better party. When the freedom to host activities like ladies oil wrestling, you're in for a wild fun weekend. <laughs> Come camp with us and bring a cooler full of favorite beer. We've got great live music, food trucks, and plenty of fryers to keep the balls flowing. Cooler stickers are only 10 bucks for the entire weekend. The scheduled Thursday, 11 a.m., camper load and arrival registration begins. 6 p.m., Tesco Festival opens for general admission. 6 p.m., lighted cornhole registration begins. 6 p.m., the dirty strings. 7.30, Lighted Cornhole Tournament begins. 8 o'clock, Small Bonfire. 8 o'clock, Eureka Strings. 10 p.m., Mountain Sprout. Friday, 11 a.m., Tesco Festival opens for general admission. 12 p.m., Dusty Smith. 1 p.m., Timmy Ray. 2 p.m., Tennessee Dreaming. 3 p.m., Joe Tyler. 4 p.m., Philip Good, 5 p.m. Ty March, 6 p.m. Undy 800, 6:30 Magnificent Mullets of Lundell, <laughs> 8 p.m. Medium Bonfire, 8 p.m. Dusty Black, 9:30 Best Beard Contest, 10 p.m. Brian Martin, 12 a.m. Campfire Time, Saturday 10 a.m. Festival Festival opens for general admission. 11 a.m. Austin Tolliver. 12.30 Truck and Motorcycle Show starts. 1 p.m. Cypress Spring. 2.30 Ball Eating Contest. <laughs> 3 p.m. Dusty Lee. 4.30 p.m. Wet T-Shirt Contest. 5 p.m. Justin Champagne. 6.30 Topless Sack Race. 7 p.m. Charlie Farley, 8 p.m. Large Bonfire, 
8.30 p.m. Ladies Oil Wrestling. 10 p.m. Who TF is Justin Time. 12 a.m. Campfire Time. Sunday Ball Throwing Contest. <laughs> oh my god. Let's see what it says. There's wet t-shirt contest. There's topless sack race. Ladies oil wrestling. Ball throwing contest. <laughs> Don't worry about your balls. We'll remain intact. Whether you call them Rocky Mountain Oysters, Cowboy Caviar, Tender Groin, or simply Bulls Balls, we've ordered a metric ton of Bull Balls, and they'll be served all weekend long. Come partake in this Midwest delicacy. Wow, this is insane. I can't believe it. Let's see. Gosh. See what else I can find here. Tent camping, 99 bucks for the whole thing. Electric tent campsite, $149. RV camping, $199. Electric RV, $299. Electric water RV campsite, $349. All right, you have to do the reservations for all of that in advance. A weekend pass is 29 bucks. Grab a shirt. Oh, wow, yeah, let's see. Come to the Tesco Festival and you can buy a shirt for 39 bucks. A t-shirt. All right, well, okay. Um, anyhow, that's pretty much about it from the Testicle Festival. I just had to share this with you because um, it's fucking funny. All right, someone said they have Testicle Festivals everywhere, but I have not seen one until I found this one. A friend of mine sent it to me, and I was like, huh? So, anyhow, there you go. Be seeing you.